0: Hello, I'm Dave Danu, aka Dispatchy Shaver, and welcome to the Retro Wet Shaving Podcast, where I talk to friends and fellow enthusiasts about their wet shaving experiences. A huge thanks to Simon from Agent Shave, who joined me in episode four. It was great hearing how his business came about, how he got into wet shaving, as well as what he gets up to when he's not supplying us with the latest must have soap or razor. Welcome to episode five, my first guest from across the pond. Everyone in the community is familiar with this gentleman. If you haven't, where have you been hiding? A lover of hats, beards, sci-fi, and the brand us wet shavers all love, ladies and gentlemen, Douglas Smythe from Phoenix Artisans and Accoutrements. How's it going, Douglas? Oh! <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's so cool to be here. I've never had an intro before like that. Thanks for taking the time for that. That was awesome, David. <laughs> You're welcome. How are things yeah, in sunny Arizona? Honestly, today, not so sunny. It's actually overcast for the first time in a long while, So, uh, which is fine with me. It's still about 80 degrees outside. But, uh, you know, Arizona's Arizona is Arizona. Arizona is like Groundhog Day, where every day is like the same day. And I'm Bill Murray, you know, trying to find a way to kill myself. No, not really. But, uh, <laughs> but it's, it is. It's It's uh, often the same day in a good way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's fair to say you've been on one hell of a journey from humble beginnings traveling around Central America and creating your very own f- yeah, your very first product, which I believe was called Itch No Must. And I've got to say I love the spanglish in that, by the way. Um, <laughs> to, re- um to really put wet shaving on the map years later. Um, how did you do it in such a short space of time?
1: Well, I mean, it's it's been a it's been ten years now. Uh, very close to 10 years. So it has, it does seem like a short period of time. However, time, excuse me, in the shaving world, is a lot like dog years, I find where one year is equal to seven years. So it seems even longer, thanks to that phenomena. But um, how do we do I just perseverance, really? Uh, We, we worked against a lot of resistance (laughs) over the years, and kept at it. And the more resistance we get, the harder we work. And uh, you know i mean this is just it's when it's your passion you can't walk away from it and you have to keep moving forward uh rain sleet snow sunshine whatever and uh arizona heat and that's pretty much how we how we've done it is just keep moving forward keep innovating uh keep you know at the end of the day keep following your heart i guess is what it all comes down to pour everything that you love and in, in enjoy into your business and it's no longer your business it's just your life if that makes any sense at all without sounding pretentious <laughs>
0: I mean, um, yeah, I think it's fascinating. I think, did you say you, I got this, I think I read or maybe heard it on the podcast. You, you left um, the States to go to Central America, I believe when the financial crisis um, happened. Um, so why why Central, yeah. um, why Central America?
1: <laughs> well, that wasn't intentional. I didn't realize it was during the, the financial crisis. I didn't even think about it like that when I did go, because that crisis at the time didn't affect me in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, but why did i go i went because i i I had gone to costa rica on vacation with a with a good friend of mine for what was supposed to be two weeks we ended up extending it to a month or another two weeks while we were down there turning it into four weeks because we were both so in love with the place and i was like you know what i want to move here and at that time i was you know i had a really great job i was a studio musician um and just doing a lot of great things and a lot of projects, but I was getting kind of burnt out at that and, and sick of it and just really wanted to, to get away from it all and uh, so much so uh, my friends and family thought I was having a breakdown and that's why I was leaving. They're like, you don't know anyone down there. You don't know the language. Like, what are you doing? It's like, yeah, adventure. And uh, that's pretty much what I did. I just went down there and I lived in a hammock. I, I, I know people. I uh, think I'm kidding when I say I lived in a hammock, but I, I really did live in a hammock for the first two years. I very rarely used my tent. I did have a tent set up, but that was mostly for storing my backpack and whatnot and supplies. But I lived, in, I sl- slept in a hammock in the rainforest on a beach in uh, beautiful, wow. sunny Costa Rica.
0: And this is when you had this this brainwave for um, this product called Itch No Mass. Um, for people who are not, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who are not familiar with like, Itch No Mass, uh, uh, what is it?
1: It's no mass. It's, you know, uh, seems like such a long time ago. It's no mass was it was a joke. At first I was, you know, experiencing the most evilest bug bites or sand flea bites that one could possibly experience while living in said hammock. Uh, They would come out around 5pm to 6pm every day. Uh, You couldn't escape them. And they were heading right towards the gringo, which was me. And in where I was, the infrastructure on this peninsula, it, there was no infrastructure, let's put it that way. So supplies, what you could find in the village where it was, was not very little at the time. And so I needed like an after bite type product to treat these bites with, at least stop the, the itch. And there was nothing. So I went to the pharmacia and bought whatever I could uh, to treat or essential oils, whatever I could find to concoct my own type of solution Literally to this problem, and uh, and and it worked. By God, it worked. And it was, you know, I, I call, jokingly called it itch No Mas" because by then my Spanish was budding, uh, and I knew "No Mas" was no more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the thing is, it, yeah, it worked really well. So much so that locals and other tourists would be knocking on my tent flap to get the, you know, get their hands on it. And uh, I, you know, I thought, I jokingly thought at the time, if I ever made my way back to the United States, I'm going to make this and sell this stuff. And again, it was really, it was nothing more than a joke. But four years after the fact, I found myself back in the United States. And I returned back to a different United States. As you mentioned, there was a crisis beforehand, which I wasn't paying attention to at the time, because it didn't really affect me. But I, um, I was living in a college town, too. I'm like, I had an extended college career, you know, uh, living in a college town. Very uh, charmed kind of life, I guess. You could. So, so a lot of the stuff outside of that bubble didn't touch me. At least I, I didn't think it did. Anyways, I came back to a different uni- uh, United States. I came back to an Etsy world, which uh, didn't exist before. Now it kind of leveled the playing field of what you could do from your own home. And these little cottage industries were popping up all around the country. People were manufacturing or creating their own products, packaging them. Packaging was available. Everything was available now for the first time for the, l- the little guy. And I was like, you know what? I do have a product. I'm not doing much. I, I should actually try to make this happen, and I did. So, it's No I created, um, as well as another product called Stink No And Stink No Moss was uh, an emergency insect repellent slash deodorant. <laughs> so, and it came in a little chapstick, chapstick type tube, uh, one of the wide ones, the oval shaped ones. And it was really it's for emergencies. You throw it in your backpack if you're if you don't have deodorant or if you're if you don't have an insect repellent, you wear that. And as you sweat, it releases the volatile oils into the air that actually repel the bugs. And that worked really well. So, so much so, again, um, it sold better than Itchnomas. And both were doing really, really well with the tourists down in Central America. However, I was not i was losing on shipping. So I was like, you know, I really needed to focus on the United States and what can I do up here? And that's when, you know, the blog uh, How to Grow a Mustache came into play and whatnot. And, and you know, the thing with how to grow a mustache is I had a bitch in mustache at the time. I had a general interest in facial fur. I always have. And um, I was looking for uh, just domain names. I don't know what I was doing. Uh, I may have been drunk, but I was looking and how to grow a mustache. No one owned that. And I was like, oh man. And I didn't want to start having to write, but I was like, I gotta do this. So I did it and just started writing three articles a day to fill up that blog. I really just want to make a fat blog because traveling abroad, I I met people that lived off of their computer. That's what they did for a living. They had blogs that was funding their, their life. And uh, it was just a whole new way of looking at the world and just uh, to opened up a world of possibility too. But it was like, what's going to be mine. So, I had a friend that owned howtodraw.com, and he was raking it, and it, it, again, he could afford to travel and live the life he wanted to by doing that. So that's, I think that's that's definitely what put the, the idea in my mind. And uh, so I started focusing on that, thing. I was going to be able to sell ads uh, originally, but it, it was a new blog. Granted, I was writing a lot of articles. There was a lot of, uh, you know, I was filling up a lot of space, but it was new, so I don't know what I was expecting. So I figured I need to sell my own product to bring people back to the blog. And by this time, my girlfriend, she was creating her own soaps and shave soaps and whatnot. And I was like, I should see how I can tie that in. Uh, so I created the mustache wax. Obviously, it was good for the blog, and that actually became our bread and butter between mine and Fran's uh, business uh, for Pedal Pusher Fancies. And it, yeah, it did it did really well. She pushed the hell out of that, and I pushed the hell out of that with the blog, and. Um, that was bringing Travis back. Then I was like, you know, I need a shave soap. Well, actually, you know what it was? Again, it's no must I wouldn't have done. I wouldn't have even occurred to me of doing that if I didn't already have had made it. You know, so I had a product. Uh, by this time, I was, you know, I'm a huge Bay Rum fan. Uh, anyone who knows me or follows us knows that I, I absolutely love Bay Rum. I can't get enough of it. I would bathe in it if I could, and I can, but I don't. But you know what I mean. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, at the time. And this, again, this is 10 years back. People don't realize how good they have it now. We the Stuff that we have available to us now was not available then. And a good Bay Rum shave soap was not available back then. So I had to make my own. And I was, a, again, a Bay Rum fiend for years before that, 10 years even before that. So when I was moving into wet shaving, I was like, I really want a matching soap. I had to make my own. And with Fran's help, I did take a soap making class in college too. It was a one credit course uh, years back. So with that Fran's help, I I... I made this bay rum soap, and I was having friends send me their water uh, from all around the country because I wanted it to work with any any type of water. So I guess in the back of my mind, I was going to sell it, but at the time, I just wanted to make it for myself. Uh, and I was, you know, just really researching it, taking a lot of notes, a lot of notes in the shower actually too, because uh, I'm a shower shaver. Uh, the waterproof notebook and waterproof pen, so I'm jotting down a lot of notes there. Temperature-wise, I wanted to see what temperature I performed the best in. And uh, and I did it. And I created it in that, that five-inch tin that we were known for at the time, which was a, a, a wide wider diameter than what you see now, because uh, I wanted to create more surface area on the soap to make latherability even easier, or at least loading the pump, uh, loading the brush rather. And uh, so I was really proud of this. It came out really good. The Bay Rum kick butt. In fact, we still sell it. It's our classical Bay Rum. That was my first scent I worked on. Um, but I sent it to Mantic because I was writing for the Sharpologist at the time. Oh, cool. I sent it to Mantic and I sent it to the leisure guy who literally wrote the book on wet shaving. And both of them replied back, like, this is awesome. When is it going on? For, when is it for sale? And I wasn't set up for that yet. So I was like, you know, and so then it, it all made sense. Everything clicked. And I was like, that's how I'm going to draw people back to our website. Still thinking I would be selling ads at some point once I increased traffic. <laughs> so the name of it was how to That's a horrible name for a shave soap, if that tells you anything. But. um we really just weren't prepared for the popularity. It just, overnight, we became this huge thing. Um, and we were just making up as we went along. I, you know, I, when it came to online anything, I really was very green because I'd been living in Central America. I was I, know, I was a musician before that. I just didn't work with computers and all that stuff. Granted, I went to school for uh, graphic design. Still, Photoshop wasn't around when I was studying it. So I had to relearn everything. And I did learn a lot in uh, Central America because I started the uh, graphic design business the last two years I was there. So that was forcing me to take any job I could in learning on the spot. So that all came in handy uh, when you know the blog ha- came into play, and when everything else came into play. So it really, everything just kind of fell together. It's never like this black and white where everything was so calculated and one thing, you know, I mean, it just, there's so much going on at any one given moment that it just made sense. And I was actually thinking about Douglas Smith. Douglas Smythe, uh is uh, like a stage name. It's my pen name too. And I was thinking about how that how that came to be. And that, that, there's a few ways it came to be at the time, I was actually in a Smith's cover band, like right before I left, uh, we launched the business. And I said, Hey, let's call it the Smiths." And so that but I was only in this band for a short while. And now I'm getting in an interview. And I was brand new on the scene, and I was a little shy, and I was like, who's this big name, you know? So I didn't want to use my name. So there was a few different things going on. And then, plus, I just wanted my privacy. Uh, I'm a very private person, and I think we all are to a certain extent, especially in this day and age. So it was like a screen name as well. So it it, it played a lot of different parts to it. It's never just this one thing. And so, like, stuff like that, just everything falls together. And uh, it's just interesting thinking back about all this. And once again, there was no blueprint back then. We were making everything up as we went along. And I, you know, it's just great to see kids or not kids, but uh people today, the new artisans uh coming out of the woodwork that have these people before them that they can, you know, there's a blueprint now. And so that's it's it's just uh I'm a little jelly, as we say here. I want to say my my
0: my first guest uh I had on this podcast. Um Small artisan from here in the UK called a um, Bear skin and tunic. Um, the guy there, Chris McDonald, um, yeah, he, he was highly influential by uh, your early days, actually. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. He huge fan. Yeah. Oh, what's the name of his his shop? Uh Bearskin and tunic. Basket and tunic. Uh, uh, sorry, bear as in like the animal. bear skin. Oh, oh,
1: bear. <laughs> Their skin and, and tunic Tunic, like, yeah Romans, yeah tunic that's cool yeah yeah actually.
0: the how to grow a mustache um site yeah there's a huge influence for him
1: oh well, that's good to hear i'm glad that some, the blog is still up um i'm not writing for it's kind of uh, defunct at this point but there's still so much information on there if you're into you know stashes and whatnot uh so it's good to know that it's 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 still influencing people out there, I suppose.
0: Hundred percent. I mean, I've been a witch. Uh, I've been wet shaving for like the past year and your brand was one that's this that this, this clearly stood out um when I was witch uh was researching products and I've noticed you um you bring out a lot of limited edition products. Um sorry, top of my head, I think in the past year you've had like Diver Down, St. Martin's Landing, which I love the story by the way. Um oh, yeah. clown fruit. I mean I I really could go on um how do you come up with the ideas and how long does it take to get it to get a finished product
1: out there oh it can take a while um i do want to make a correction however uh we don't do limited editions we oh, do really? seasons oh. Oh, yeah we great. do seasons i don't like limited editions for many reasons uh we did a limited edition probably about eight years ago and it was what it, well, it was awesome we sold out but, I mean, we were a smaller company then. We couldn't make that much. So it was tough to keep up with those orders. We sold out immediately, which was good in one way, but really bad in another way because it pissed off a lot of customers. And that anger can turn into a lot of different things. So it's not worth it. You know I mean? Like, <laughs> it's really – and, um, you know, some some people think that artisans do that for the hype and for the money and stuff like that. And I can say right now, if you're a small – think of this. Small artisans are working out of their kitchen. They have their regular products they're selling. If they do a limited edition, they only have so much time to do that. They, I mean, they only only so much space to store that. So it's really not to create. Well, at least I can say on my part, it's not to create hype or anything like that. It's just it's it's all you can do in the moment or in your situation. Um, but yeah, so since that time, I, I don't like to make people angry in any way, shape or form. So uh, the last thing I want to do is that, so I don't even dabble with, I try not to anyways with limited editions. When it comes to razors, however, something that I don't create in shop that I have to outsource you know, other people to do, um, that by its very nature is going to be limited. But when it comes to soap and aftershaves, we do seasonals giving people, I think ample time to pick something up. We try to keep them around for the, the, the very least a month, uh, the very most three months. Okay. Where does it come from? <laughs> uh, I'm very into, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, uh, aliens, archaeology, history, all these things. I'm, I'm constantly swimming in and it's constantly swimming around my mind. So I'm just immersed in it. And again, like I mentioned at the top, uh, when you combine everything you love into your business, it's really easy to do. So I, I put a lot of work into these projects, but it doesn't. it's more it's more of a pleasure to me than... Uh, then, you know, then, then a pain. So any, any one of them, if, especially if it's like a, a really involved one, like, like hotel Cecil, for example, I, I, you know, I, I, try to write a story an ongoing saga too, for, I don't know if you know that, but, um, a f- uh, many of our sense, there's an ongoing saga or story where if you scroll down to the bottom of the sales page, you'll find a continuing saga. Uh, and so for example, this last month I was in Zion national park and, you know, people go there to vacation from all around the world. I didn't leave the hotel. I went there to write the latest installment and I was in the hotel for four days, just drinking crappy hotel coffee and pounding this thing out. And uh, it was a seven hour drive to get there or seven and a half hour. And I figured that would give me a lot of time to work on the story in my mind. And then when I get there, I just hit the ground running. And, you know, and I brought a stack of books too for research, but that's pretty much what I do is I just lock myself up and work on whatever it is need to work on and yeah but i mean i really i love the story i love the adventure the saga that's continuing i really you know it's just it's awesome and i'm working on getting that one published into a real book uh that'll be sold along with uh the the collection and some ebooks the last one the hotel cecil was a a, a, i'd say it's more of a booklet a physical booklet that you could have bought with the keychain uh but it also was an ebook too and so i i'm getting closer and closer to just becoming a full-time writer I think <laughs> more than a soap maker <laughs> but I'm really happy with the latest one and so that's just what it is you know what I mean like it really just what I'm interested in goes into what we do and since I'm doing the, the graphic art um the writing since I'm involved with every part of it it's just it's very organic that way and natural and just flowing I mean even just like the the designs I mean I've got some stuff
0: here I mean um yeah I mean this is my favorite thing about PAA is um I will admit I'm I've got a thing for these these brushes. I got the <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> nice. Th- th- this, this is literally my favorite brush. Um, oh the Peregrino. Yeah, the, the Peregrino. I mean, um, I actually ordered this directly from you guys in the States. Um oh, I mean, just, I mean wow. just like just just like the attention to detail. Um I just love, I mean, yeah, even like the, the packaging. Do you understand
1: what's going on in the, 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 the image on the front? Uh it's just the cube, isn't it? That's a road that the cube is on. That's the Camino de Santiago. That's ah. the pilgrim's trail. A Peregrino is a pilgrim and uh, who does the Camino de Santiago. And that's what I was supposed to be doing last April before the plague struck. So I would have been there and it's a, it's a 30 day well hike uh, from Fr- uh, South Southern France to uh, to Spain to uh, Galicia uh, uh, Santiago de Compostela. And it's, over 500 miles and that's what I was supposed to be doing was taking a pilgrimage. And so that's what I'm saying. So that's a fine example right there. And that is what I'm dealing with in the moment. And that goes into the product too. And, uh, I mean, I've, yeah, got the other, the I've got the another 30. one
0: here. I mean, I've got the, the green ray. I mean, again, uh, the box. Um, okay. I mean, if I understand are these, are these brush designs based on like, is it like
1: pre-war or post-war original brushes? Yeah. Um, uh, uh they are definitely based on vintage brushes. So I would say for those when you say pre-post-war, do you mean second world war?
0: Sorry, yes, yeah, second world war.
1: Okay. Uh I pre-and post. <laughs> I right it was there. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm inspired by vintage. I love vintage vintage everything. I'm a huge antique freak, but vintage brushes especially like call to me. And um and, and they're gone. They're they're well now people. There's other companies that are rebooting them as well. But before we started doing that, no one was doing that. Um, Excuse me. And it was a shame because these designs, like, they really – it's just they don't exist anymore. We need to bring them back. And and that's what I think my mission is. That's why I'm here in the shaving world is to reboot a lot of these things, but be it a brush, a razor, a bowl, whatever. I mean, but scents especially, too, these lost vintage scents. As a collector of vintage aftershaves – There's so much great stuff out there that that, that you'll never get your nose on, or there's so much stuff out there that you'll never get your nose on anyways, because it doesn't exist anymore. So thanks to the internet, you know, thanks to the last 20 years, we've been able to network and find these things that were in someone's drawer or are getting tossed out in a lot sale or whatever, but they were going to disappear. And a lot of them did disappear. The fact that we can scrape together some of these still, like, I mean, I have some, I'm in my kitchen right now, but I have vintage aftershaves all over the place but the fact that we can still luckily find some of these that have survived like this one this is one from seaforth but i mean like it, it, no one else is going to do it or no one else was doing like that was our mission way back and this is what we're still doing And i think we've inspired other people to do something similar now but i still take it as my mission you know i, I have to do it <laughs>
0: i've been mean, talking about butches, i know you've got um a new one. it's the the phantom Era light i think that's a uh... 26 millimeters synthetic hybrid i mean that looks another beautiful brush that i'll probably have to buy
1: (laughs) yeah well do you do you have the amber amber arrow
0: light yet i'll be honest i only have these two from from you guys
1: okay yeah you i mean it's either this one or or the phantom or you can get them both but i mean like it's really i mean like you see i mean it's just it's like ergonomic even how you hold it it's really it's just such a, a nice I don't know, just a good feel in the hand. So Such a cool and then brush. The, it it they they are. And this like this is based off of this brush. So oh, this is an art okay. scheme, And this is a country, this is a company, and if you read the sales page, I, I know very little about. And uh, and I'm always asking people what what more do they know? And if they, if they have any pieces of the puzzle, let me know because I want to put this all together in some type of cohesive history for other people uh that are into this as well. So it was based on this, and and that's it. You know, just the shape really was, and then we just took it from there with a little artistic license and got a little bigger with it, and uh, I think more uh, more savvy <laughs> in the design. But yeah, I absolutely love these brushes. I'm glad you're, you're enjoying them.
0: Yeah, like they, like I say, they um, just yeah they're just so cool. I mean, as I say, this is this is my favorite one in my witch i setup set up in the first episode. Um, yeah, it just I mean it, it's just the um, uh love the color as well
1: oh yeah, yeah.
0: it's just awesome um yeah just such a cool brush
1: <laughs> it's a solid brush yeah it really is and that, the roswell knot is really it's it's a real nice knot too uh so much that we you know i thought that so much that i, I also used it in the starcraft too but it's really it's a good hybrid knot 100 so i
0: thing i did want to ask you um and hear a lot about from you guys in the states um so whenever it's safe to do so I mean, this is a question, I guess, for anyone that is listening in America, but I know this event is known like, internationally. Um, like I say, when it's safe to do so, will there be another Big Shave West?
1: Ah, uh, Yes. Uh, the Big Shave West will be happening, yeah, when we can make it happen. I actually haven't given it much thought, and it's been awesome because that, like, rules six years of my life. Like, as soon as we were done with one, I'd have like a month off to like, just not think about it. And then have to start planning the next one. And they got bigger and bigger with all the activities. Um, you know, by the time I was done with it, the last one was like a week long. Like we were doing, we were renting buses or people would pay admission to get on the bus. And we'd drive them down to Tombstone, Arizona, and I would give a tour. I had t-shirts for the people of Tombstone genuinely believe that I was the tour guide. <laughs> we were getting <laughs> discounts. And I was getting the nickel tour, but they would treat me like I was a real tour guide. Uh, so, and which is cool because I have tour guide envy, and that's the whole reason why I wanted to do this. But I mean, we had magnetic signs on the side of the van too, Tombstone tour. So it was pretty, it was pretty cool. But I mean, like stuff like that, you know. And having finally on my home turf, where it originally, uh, Big Shave West was in California. We did the first three in Pasadena, California, and then we did the fourth one on the East Coast because people on the East Coast were, you know, begging for us to bring it over there. And uh and then finally it was like you know, it was becoming too much because it's tough when you're not on the ground having to rely on other folks to do certain things. And I don't like to rely on anybody anyway, anyways. As you can tell, I like to do everything. Uh I just feel better that way. <laughs> I know it's gonna get done. And so it was just it was either we weren't gonna do it or if we were gonna do it, we we're gonna do it in our own backyard for the first time. Um, uh, because we could do a better job. I have connections here, I know, I know the area, I know it, you know. So with that, we could just make it a better event. I mean, we were having Cigar Night, the last one, stories around the campfire, we had celebrities. I mean, it was uh, panel discussions. It was just a big thing. And uh, it was just great hanging out with all your shade buddies. It was also really cool, you know, populating this small town, not the town I live in, but another town nearby with wet shavers. And I knew that was what to expect. I was walking down the street when I was checking the place out, just imagining, I might've been with Matt Pisarsik saying, I mean, it was with Fran, but I was like looking at the cafes. I was like, just, just imagine people wearing shaving T-shirts occupying these places. It's gonna look so cool. And sure enough, when it happened, people were wearing shaving T-shirts occupying because where it happens in this village, there's everything you could possibly need. So you don't even need to rent a car. There's restaurants, there's bars, there's just everything, shopping, uh, theater. And sure enough, it was populated by shaved So it was really, really cool and surreal to see having imagined it, what it was going to look like beforehand. I look, looks so cool. I think
0: we, uh, we really need something like that in the UK. I mean, obviously when it's safe to do so, um, I mean, yeah, I mean the community yeah, is big over here. Oh, as you know, um, I think, yeah, somewhere like in, I don't know, somebody's to find a space, maybe some place in London yeah. or I, I just, I just think it'd be so cool. And I think um it's so cool that you guys in the States have that. Um,
1: well, you know, the only reason why we have that <laughs> is because There was none going on when I was coming up as a wet shaver. When we were doing our podcast way back in the day, uh, we would hear about this thing called The Great Shave. You could find YouTube videos of The Great Shave. And what it was, uh, we were seeing like people giving shaving lectures on a stage somewhere, and it was in Chicago. It was uh, the guys from um, Q Shave. They had thrown something together, but they only did it two years and then they stopped. But it was everyone who shaved them at the time, which was a lot smaller then, getting together and doing this. And uh, they just couldn't. It was just so much work. I, I don't think they could keep up with it. So by the time I was like hip to this, there was no place to go. There was no meetups. I was like, you know, I would really like to go to a meetup. Yeah, you know I mean, I really, I, I want to experience this. Going to have to do it myself. It was the same thing with the blog. Like the blog doesn't exist. Going to have to make the blog. So it was that same approach on the podcast. I really wish it was a shaving podcast. They didn't exist at the time. Had to do yeah. that. And I, I just wanted to be a guest on it. I didn't want to have to do it. And the same thing for the event. I just wanted to go to it. I didn't want to have to do it. And so that's how it ended up happening. So if you don't see one happening near you, you can make it happen. And it doesn't be, it need to be as big or as complicated when you start off. But but it's a hell of a ride if you do cho- choose to go that route. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of hard
0: work. I know, um, I know you've got that um, side YouTube channel. I think I'd rather be shaving. And I think you mentioned it on how to start your own one. For um, anyone watching, anyone listening, sorry, I recommend watching that. That was, uh, that was quite insightful.
1: Oh, uh, yes. Uh, I'd Lather Be Shaving. If you, In fact, if you're listening right now and uh, you're curious, go to I'dLatherBeshaving.com and that'll take you right to our YouTube channel. But that's a show that I do with Matt Basarsik of Razor Emporium. And I think we have three years or three seasons, if you will, uh, worth of videos up there. And it's it's kind of like Wayne's World meets. Now I'm going to say some shows that you may not be familiar with being uh, over there, but it's Wayne's World meets Antique Roadshow meets okay. Car Talk, and Car Talk is a show on uh, National Public Radio of uh, these two guys. They almost sound like uh, like they're in the Three Stooges. In fact, I think one of them's dead now, but it still runs as reruns, and it's them just talking about cars. They take calls from listeners. And have car questions, and they answer them. But they're so hysterical, and, and they also introduce a little bit of history. It's that to the point where you're even if you're not interested in the topic or the subject, or interested in cars at all, you still listen to it because it's enjoyable. And we try to do that with. I'd rather be shaving. Also, you're going to get history. You're going to get uh, facts, tips, tricks, hacks, um, all that, and a little bit of stupidity, all in one. You know, it's kind of like all those shows, including Wayne's World on acid somewhere in the desert uh, of the United States, Southwest. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I've seen a few episodes and um, yeah, you do learn a lot. And I saw one where you had like these really, really obscure razors. And there's one that looked like uh, you opened it up. It was like in the shape of like a mouth and you're like this really like tiny razor, um, which was uh, kind of different.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, th- that's the thing is, and that's another great thing about the show is Matt uh again owner of razor Emporium, he's a huge collector of Gillette's and American pieces you know very very American uh, Gillette centric in his collection that's one thing you always talk about as a collector is like define your collection before you start investing in collecting stuff not only will you save money you'll just have more of a potent collection that's actually like a, a you know something that you can do something with um display or whatever it is, but it's it's nice to find what you're collecting. And so he is Gillette centric and I'm like rest of the world centric. I know it's kind of broad, but I mean, vintage, however, it's got to be vintage European razors. That's what interests me the most. In fact, I think I find them a lot more uh, beautiful, even better shavers than a lot of the Gillettes. So it's just Gillette had a bigger net cast, but I mean, and that's why you find more Gillettes than any other razor company out there is because they just, owned the world when it came to shaving it seems anyways but um yeah so that's so you get both of us coming from different areas talking about these things so i think it's really it's cool it adds a lot of value to the show
0: yeah it's definitely interesting if there's anyone out there that hasn't um seen on youtube yet just um search for i'd rather be shaving and um yeah Yeah. it's a lot of fun it it really is a cool thing to watch um, I like it just because it's simply a bit different as well.
1: So, I thing to you could do Yeah, right it's, to, not, like, it's not two guys shaving. Like, I, exactly. I get so sick of watching shaving videos overnight. Like, I never wanted to do that. In fact, if you watch my own channel, Douglas yeah. Smythe channel, uh, a lot of times it's me just sitting and talking or even in the beginning. Like, I never wanted to be a guy shaving in front of the mirror. So, you would just see my hands doing. I'm like the Martha Stewart of shaving, teaching people how to create little things that have to do with shaving or whatnot. So, you would just see my hands a lot of the time because I just didn't want to be another shave. Shaving guy. <laughs> and yet those do better. Whenever you try to bring anything different to the table, the, the, the people will still go to the shaving guy first or, you know, in every time. <laughs> so you can't win. But we did want to do something different, and I think we do. And they'll understand it. In 25 years from now, people will understand it more, I think. <laughs> so one thing I did
0: want to say. Um, did you see like um, wet shaving trends for 2021?
1: It's, t- it's tough because – COVID's kind of confused everything um, when it comes to trends. Cause I do typically yearly, I, I like to predict what the trends going to be. Me and Mantic, we, re- we, we have this thing going where we try to predict the trends and it's a real tough one. Uh, it's tough because it's, it's the wet shaving world's bigger now. And I think it's even bigger because COVID gave people time to start their own businesses, start podcasts or whatever. when it comes to shaving, um, but in the past, I've predicted like what scents people are going, going for. Like two years ago, I predicted it was like the year of the Musk. Musk's were going to be coming back, and we did see uh, see that happening. Uh, before that, was well, you know, I mean, it's like sense. I like to predict what's going to be in um, in razors, like open combs or slants, or what's what is it going to be about this year? Uh, straight edge, like or single edge, when we were uh, probably about five years ago now, before anyone really on the market. I was like, this is going to be the year where there's going to be everyone releasing uh, single-edge razors. And sure enough, it did happen. So, And there's nothing, there's no woo-woo or anything magical about these predictions. It's just we're, we, we're seeing all this stuff either uh, in front of us online or just behind the scenes. But was- at, for this year, I have a lot of trouble. I, I don't know. It's, I'm going to say you're going to see some new bowl designs maybe. A lot of people are tooling around with uh, 3D printing now as the price comes down on printers. Uh, and there's more access to that, and, and free open source uh, platforms for three D design. So I think you're going to see more people designing their own razors and and bowls, like lather bowls. I, I I see that a lot. But I I again I'm I'm kind of I'm out of I'm off balance when it comes to predictions this year because of COVID. It really just it threw me. And again, we didn't have big shave this year. So that's typically when I see and talk to other people. Um, in the industry about what's going on but so i really i i I don't i don't know for sure (laughs) i was going to say like um
0: i think i have to mention this product because i really think it is a game changer um from well from you guys um maybe they're like the the pre-shave and i've got to mention the cube here um i know that's been a game changer for wet shavers i know for myself um both the the um menthol and the unmentholated one um i think a lot more people are properly doing a pre maybe they would just skip the pre-shave and just but now with that with the, with the cube people i've noticed in videos and instagram all other sort of stuff people are actually taking that part of the shave more serious now chicken that's done I, I would say yeah the, the cube definitely has had uh some impact in that area
1: well now it's eu certified so for the last like year i think it has been so you're seeing it show up more over there too uh, where it was a where before it was kind of an expensive purchase for someone across where across the pond, because yeah. it's it's a half a pound, so shipping shoots up right there. Uh, but I mean it's fairly priced here. I mean it's 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 like six dollars, but then you tack on shipping and everything else. But yeah, you know, cube our pre-shave soaps were the first pre-shave soaps. I remember when we first came out with the pre-shave soap, um, another soap maker commenting like pre-shave soap question mark, and then like a month later they had one. um, and and mentholated too. At that, like it was the first mentholated pre-shave soap. No one else was doing. No one was doing a pre-shave, a mentholated pre-shave product that would turn every shave mentholated. So it really did have an effect on shavedom. It really, it's, it's just cool to see. You know, it's flattering actually to see that you have some type of like effect over these things. <laughs> it's cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, I absolutely yeah, I love. It? I did, if I'm honest with you, make the biggest mistake when I first used it. I think I put too much on and then it looked like I'd been crying. But um <laughs> you've been crying.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I really I see that in videos, guys like in you know, those shaving guy videos. I like, guess I do watch them, but they'll overuse it and it's like their whole face is black from like the eyes down, it's dripping on them. uh I you yeah, know it doesn't I, that was me. I, oh, that was good. Yeah, see that, yeah, it's way too much. Just against the grain, you wash your face with it in the shower. To degrease your face, and then bef- then later on before you shave, reapply it against the grain, like just one time against the grain is just is enough. But yeah, people tend to overuse it. It's funny to watch. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you will be crying, especially the mentholated. That that's it's it packs a, a real punch when it comes to menthol a menthol product. You're it really, really does. But I, I tell taste. you
0: what, if um, I want to mentholated sh-
1: shaver, I like to use like
0: there's um, something like. Uh, like Prorasso or something like that i've used it oh, yeah. it's gone really really well um no oh, yeah but yeah no, i mean yeah um like i say absolute game changer for me the uh, the pre-shaver with the uh, with the cube um so besides paa what what is your actual like uh,
1: wet shaving story how did it start for you Oh, it's so tough because again, it's it's like nowadays people plan for these, they plan on starting businesses and whatnot. And it really just fell into place uh, for us. You know, kind of going back to the blog and everything else, it's just with the hype and attention we were getting, especially for those large tins, uh, it just we were doing things differently. And that attracted a lot of people, a lot of positive. You know interaction whatnot but also attract a lot of negative too because whenever you're like the new thing on the scene if you get too much hype people become suspicious and let you know you get that that vibe too so there was a backlash i guess you could say to us bursting on the scene and especially as big as we do because i i can i tend to get a little crazy with things and uh so how did that begin i mean again it just began with the blog trying to create a product to bring people back to my blog at the time, and then uh, my girlfriend had her own shaving company, uh, Pedal Pusher Fancies, and I would help her out with that with designs or with the mustache wax I made or different you know things that, you know, it's my girlfriend doing this, and uh, so it just made sense and it kind of just came together by a complete accident. I never expected it to be as big as it has become uh i mean this is i mean this is what i do for a living we have a facility uh over 3300 square feet that we own um i mean we live in another state now we started this in a spare bedroom in my apartment back in massachusetts so i mean wow. yeah and we have uh four employees now like it really like it's been this huge like blessing i mean it's just uh, it's been miraculous how that happened because you would read about this stuff back in the day, I would read about people with their soap businesses. And one guy was like, super stoked, I can pay off my car now. I was Like, oh, I would love to be like that. Uh, and we've just exceeded that. And it, it really, it was never, I never expected it to, to be like this, just because it, it, it was so harmonious uh, for what with our life and lifestyle that you just wouldn't expect it to work out as it did. And I think it really comes down to, um, the timing too. We were at ground zero when it came to the wet shaving world. Like, I mean, one could argue maybe 2007 was the, the, was ground zero, but I think 2012, 2011 was really when people were getting into it again and taking on. And you could go back even 20 years to like 99. There was uh, some forum, a forum at the time. Um, so interest was sparked, but it really it, it happened around the internet the birth of the internet the popularity of the internet but it really kicked in i think 2010 2012 and uh we were just lucky enough everything converged at that point to to bring us where we are right now um and just a lot a lot a lot a lot of hard work <laughs> non-stop hard work. I, mean, I
0: mean for yourself do you do you remember when um a day you thought you know what? i'm gonna put down the cartridge razor and i'm gonna try something different do, do you remember do you remember that happening? Well, well
1: that's actually really a great question. This. My story is a little different than most because, well, actually, you anyone listening, um, you can go to the Sharpologist blog and look up a Father's Day gift. That's an article I wrote about my dad and me back in the day. He used to shave with a safety razor on the weekends. He'd work all week. I'd barely see my dad, but he'd be home on the weekends. And that time, I don't know if he was using a car. I think he was using an electric. Yeah, he was using an electric razor during the week. But when I think of my dad and shaving, I think of the weekends and he would set up the, you know, the sink. He'd have um, an old school scuttle or maybe it was a mug. Actually, that no, was a mug with the brush in it and the soap. Um, he had two razors. One was an aristocrat. The other one was a super speed. No, no. One was an aristocrat. I don't remember what the other one is. I didn't get the other one, but I have the aristocrat. Uh, but I was five years old, you know? So he would set up a little stool next to the sink. He'd give me one of the razors, both from my granddad, if I didn't mention that already. And he'd take the blade out of mine, obviously, and lather me up and we both sit there shaving. And so I did that with him for, I don't know how many years. My One of my, my early childhood. That's what I remember. And so that's my first experience with traditional shaving and brush and soap. And it wasn't until the late nineties that I got back into, I was using the cartridge razors as everyone else was. Uh, in fact, in the United States, um, when you turn 18, you get a cartridge razor in the mail, you get a Gillette cartridge razor in the mail because when you register with the civil service, they get all your information. I don't know why that's shared with a major corporation, but it is. And, um, it's big razor is what I like to call it. And, um, so I had the cartridge razor just as everyone else did, but, We, you know, they were, the cartridges were so expensive. They were like 20 bucks for four cartridges. So you would really push them. I mean, they would look diseased by the time you were done throwing, you know, or just so happy that you got a new pack of cartridges. You'd look at that thing and like, I can't believe I was using this. And you would just do one pass with a cartridge razor. Uh, But I was a shower shaver. And the one thing I was doing differently the most is I was using a soap puck and a brush because I shopped at health food stores and, and markets like that where they would sell these things. And so that comes from my dad and also comes from my uncle too. I remember my uncle having a brush and mug. So I was influenced by that. And uh, so for years before I returned back to the safety razor, I was I was already a wet shaver because, well, this is the traditional definition and it may it may be different now, but a wet shaver was someone who used a brush and soap. Didn't matter what the razor was. Um, but again, I think that definition might be moving around now. Um, so I was a wet shaver even back then and it slowly got back into... Uh, Well, again, uh, as a fan of antiques and whatnot, I would always see these razors and I would remember them. I had my dad's. I was like, wait a minute. And with the Internet once more, these things became available again. And these things by that I mean blades, because at the time you could that was the one thing that stopped me. And in fact, that's probably why I wasn't using a safety razor, because there was no access to blades at the time. So now we have them again. And then I started using them. And one thing led to another. But yeah, my my first experience in wet shaving goes back to when I was about three or four. (laughs) oh wow <laughs> yeah and again that's it's, it's a fun article and i wrote the article probably 10 years ago but it's called a father's day gift on the sharpologist
0: i'll have to uh, check that out um yeah that's a, that's a great site as well the sharpologist i've um used it quite a few times so um yeah i'll definitely uh, check that out so when you're not yeah. running a business and wet shaving uh, what are your hobbies and
1: interests well, that's tough because I mean, when you're, you're <laughs> anyone who owns a business, there's no day off from your business. In fact, I'm often, you know, I, when I when I drive around town, I usually go for a hike. I go for a hike every day. I'm a hiker. I hike every day at least two miles. Um, and when I'm driving out to the desert, I'm, I live right on the like uh, the the edge of town, so my connection sucks for that. But but it's also really easy to get out into the desert, and weird things happen in the desert. But that's you know, besides the point when I'm driving there at the red lights, I can see people, you know, pushing the button, getting ready to walk. And um, there's just a spring in their step on Fridays is that people move around differently on Fridays. And what that is, is it's Friday. It's payday here. People are excited for the weekend. We're not. I miss that feeling. I, I, I'm i really jealous when I see that because as a business owner, we don't have Fridays anymore. We don't have paydays anymore. It's a whole different existence. So we're always working. I'm answering questions at 3 a.m. From my bathroom you know like with a customer like so there really is no off time uh, so i, I want to make that clear but what i like to do when i have time to do it is yes get out into the desert hike i like to explore strange things in fact uh again last april when i was going to be over in spain france and spain after that trip i was going to head up to to your neck of the woods i was going oh, to cool. special privileges to see stonehenge up close uh that fell through obviously for obvious reasons and then we were heading over to york london than york so this is there's things i want to see you know i'm really interested in the paranormal i'm really interested in history um i'm really interested in interesting things <laughs> and uh so that's really you know what I'm, I'm also a musician too so there's that but yeah for the most part i just pour everything into the business you know i really like that's how we move forward it's just making that my interest, I guess, if that makes sense. It, see, it was a passion first. Razors, shaving, collecting, this was all, what I, everything I did before the business. So it's really tough to separate that <laughs> when you're doing that, you know? Yeah. Which no, is good. It's also a very good thing. And it's great that it's, um,
0: it's not really like, like work for you, really. I mean, it's your passion at the end of the day. No
1: yeah i'm extremely lucky you know because you guys you 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 when you want blades you have to go order blades or whatnot i just get up from my desk walk over to the blade rack and okay i think i'll take that one or i want to try this razor i'm always testing out new razor designs too like i'm really lucky and privileged in that way where i can just it's all at my fingertips you know like i really uh it's, it's, it's kind of, yeah, I don't know what it's like. It's I guess it's like being a drug dealer and um, selling drugs so you can pay for your own drugs. If that makes any sense at all. I know nothing about that, but, uh, <laughs> nor do I pretend to, except when I'm pretending to. And, uh, yeah, so it's really just, it's, it's, I'm very lucky and, and very grateful to be able to, to be doing this. Like I, I really, it's just every day I wake up and just, I'm just, I'm amazed by it. I feel so blessed.
0: I mean, that leads me on to my next question. I mean, you said you can just, you've got that luxury of just picking up a, like a, a razor, or a pack of blades, a brush. Um, so um, what would be like your dream wet sh- shaving setup? I mean, if you're in your shaving den, what hardware and software would you pick up? I mean, you can go on a full spending spree here, go high end, or you could reach down into like a bargain bin. Like, what, what would you go for?
1: Oh, my goodness. This is so hard because there's some, like, I'm not, I don't even have a favorite color. So, and I do that because I always, even since I was a little kid, I thought, like, why would I want to limit myself? And uh, I still feel that way. So I don't really have a favorite color. There's so many classic setups that I want to try that I'll never be able to try. Uh, I mean, just, <laughs> you can't find these things anymore. Granted, I have the, uh, you know, I, I have books on classic rages and whatnot, and I just salvage over them. But if I could, uh, and if I could afford it, I actually probably could afford it. But I mean, I really, I have so much trouble trouble like paying $500 or $600 for a razor. Like I really just, I, I there's so much that I could go towards, but the Walbush and Sons, um, I think it's called, let's see, the B5 adjustable razor. And that, if you are familiar with our old Bakelites that we did, we did one called the Alpha Ecliptic. We also do an aluminum one called the Alpha Ecliptic. It's that head. It's oh, okay. that very same head, but it's an adjustable razor. And that would be a dream razor. The only thing is that every time I see it for sale, it's like 450 to $650, 700 And it's like, and plus, people are bidding on this. So Lord knows where that's going to go in price. So I, I have, I'm Scottish. So I have problems separating myself from money sometimes, stuff like that. But <laughs> that would be like, I, I hope it would be an amazing shave at the very least. But I, I'm just fascinated by the idea or concept of, an adjustable slant. And, and that's what I want to say. Is like typically when people get involved in wet shaving, when they when they're new and very green at wet shaving, they they start fantasizing about dream razors uh, or franken razors, um, especially mechanical ones that we weren't as accessible as they are now. Uh people weren't doing them, like twist opens and stuff like that. There was no small artisans doing those. Now you see that more than ever. But it was the classic ones. Um uh, but we, you know, I always get emails from people like, have you ever thought about doing a slant adjustable? And these are thoughts I had too, like, how about a slant adjustable? So, But it already exists, yes. exists and this is it. And so I would like to try that slant adjustable just to experience a slant adjustable. Um, I, I do think that's just a, it, the concept in itself is amazing. So there's that. Uh, when it comes to splashes or aftershaves, I have so many vintage aftershaves that I'm completely happy with, but there are some that I just, I, I can't, I, I don't have names for them because there's the information is just not there anymore. Uh, even with popular brands like Gillette brands, there are certain products they made that you can't find information on anymore or an ad or a commercial or anything that, you know, and this is a big brand. This is Gillette. So if that tells you anything, um, but I really think it's that razor that razor would do it for me it would make me incredibly happy but you know that's that yeah that's that's gotta be my uh my holy grail shave right there
0: <laughs> Sorry, what's yours
1: you know, oh uh you oh, what if
0: i ask a question like, right,
1: right?
0: <laughs> it is not i think razor maybe i probably mine's not a bit out there quite boring standard Probably like thirty four say i just think it's like um like a, it's the like, standard,
1: it's the standard, yeah.
0: You know, you can't go wrong with like German products, I don't think so. Like, for like razors, so I'll probably go for that. <laughs> Obviously, your brush 100% of your course, brush should be in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, must. at the moment, I've got a big thing for Chella, maybe I've still got it. Could change, but I've got to try loads of your soaps. I mean, fi- on your side, I've only tried Future Fiction, yes. so. I've still got a long way to go with your soaps. I mean, other the moment, I just collect your brushes as you can see. So Oh, well now
1: that they're they're <laughs> they're made to collect. They really are. And again, you guys don't you have no idea how bad it was only 10 years ago. Like there was no single edge razors, no new single edge razors. There was no brushes really. I mean, not like from smaller businesses or smaller artisans. Like it didn't really happen. Um just the options were not there. Typically what we had was soap. That's what you could get. There was no matching aftershave. Uh, there was no matching other products, body soap or bombs. Like that stuff came after the fact, but it was really like desperate times. In fact, that Mirka 34C, That that's why I'm saying this because it really took me back. That was the razor you would get. It was the Mirka 34C or the Edwin Jagger uh, 89. Th- that's what was out there. Um, there was nothing really else. And and whenever anyone asked, what's a good first razor? Those are the two that people would always – always answer with. Now it's changed. There's other options out there, but still it's so hardwired in a lot of us will still knowingly and we know that there are other raises out there. We automatically write Merca 34C or Edwin Jag when someone asks for advice. Even though we don't necessarily agree with it anymore. It's just hardwired into us uh to the DNA of, of shavedom, I think. I do
0: think that <laughs> is a that is a good point. I mean I do have a few other raises there. They're pretty much just like I guess knockoffs of like some Razors from like the past, but um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm still new to it. To be honest, I'm not even a year into it. Um, I only started last summer, but that feels like years, really. Um,
1: yeah, but, yeah, exactly. I,
0: that just raise It just I think it just it just stands out and like I said, no,
1: I always had a comfy shave with it. It's a classic razor, and that that yeah, exactly. That because it gives a comfortable shave. It's dependable. uh, It's time tested. Uh, but, yeah, the Merkur, the Edwin Jagger, those are all classic brands. And, you know, we need to give these companies love anyways. Like when I see other companies ripping off like the Merkur and stuff like that, it's like, don't, I mean, like this is the company that held the torch for all of us when no one was talking about wet shaving anymore. You know, Edwin Jagger, um uh, you know, a few other companies, uh, Mitchell's Woolfat, um, you know, uh, not that many out there. So I, I think we, they deserve our love still to this day and thanks they really do because we wouldn't be if it wasn't for them we oh, i don't think we would be
0: i mean as yeah. i was gonna say um th- thanks for your insights and your stories and how Pea started douglas um been an absolute pleasure having you on um, is there anything else um um you'd like to plug and if people are not familiar with you like online um where can they find you
1: they can definitely find me at phoenixshaving.com and uh you know and if you have any questions um Concerns, suggestions, any of that stuff. I'm typically the one operating the chat bot. It's not a bot; it's me on the on that webpage. and I can I can answer any questions or talk about it, this stuff all day long. Because again, it's I'm very passionate about it. I, it's my it's my life. So if they've any questions, they can find me at phoenixshaving.com or email support at phoenixshaving.com, and they'll get either me or Fran on that. Um, then there's bigshaveswest.com, and swest is. Um, Southwest. We've shortened it to SWEST. So swest.com. They can find out more information about the next one there. Or at least I have a newsletter to stay informed when that happens. Um, and I'd love to be shaving.com, Um I'm throwing a lot at you guys, but uh, I think all, these are all great places to find me. If you have any questions or I uh, just want to say, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> also on, um, most social media Phoenix underscore shing like Instagram or Twitter or whatever else is out there that I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well,
0: like I say, it's been an absolute um pleasure to sure. have you on and you know, thanks for your time and you're welcome oh, back anytime.
1: Um Thank you. I really appreciate
0: it. <laughs> absolute honor. So um, that's it from Douglas and I. Um thanks for listening and hopefully episode six is just around the corner. If you'd like to come on the podcast, please let me know. You can contact me via Twitter and Instagram at and Shaver. Hope you enjoy the rest of your week and most importantly, stay safe.